Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Euphoria podcast. It's season 11. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. I'm Dracos joined by Cadrill. It's just us today. <laughs> it's going to be a weird one today. I can tell you that. For uh, the energy is electric. We were looking for guests and everyone was like, no, we don't we like you. We have to practice. Yeah. We're afraid of being cursed. Yeah. On the bright side. Don't want to ruin anything. We found this. Oh, that's mine. Oh, that's yours? That's uh, my my trophy from 2018. If you're in podcast land, you're going to have to tune into YouTube to find out what we just put on the desk. It's got my name etched on it. We're you gonna, can't see it, though. You can't. You'd have to really define. zoom in. Yeah. We, I have a pen right here. We could etch your name onto it. I don't think they'd appreciate that, though, if I had to guess. What do you mean? It's already there. You yeah. could just go over it, you mean. Okay, so this is, what, this is the thing. Imagine every player who wins, right? Right. Gets a copy of this. What, the copy of the trophy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the old uh, LCS, EU LCS trophy is what we have on the desk right now. Yeah. Imagine your mom is digging through your room and she finds this. But I'm more worried that five people have the same trophy. Yeah, but it's just a copy. Yeah, but... Like, like, you get like a little version. Imagine like... You, I don't think you can start a trophy you do, like, this one size. Of those shots get the work where you're like, up. let's bring all their trophies together and show how many there are. And each of them won like three splits, so there's 15 trophies. <laughs> and they're all just like, trophies all just like super gangster balling out. But well, the LCS trophy looks like this, doesn't it? Yeah, the, Does it? Does it? The new logo kind of looks like this. Yeah. 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 Um, it's cool. I like it. I like having it here. We'll leave it there. Strong. The I think they're cleaning the trophy case or something. I don't really know what's going on, but all the trophies are next to us. We almost put the EMEA Masters one up here, but it felt a little BM because people still play for that trophy, I think. Yeah. Well, I did start yesterday. Because, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to, like, kiss that trophy? And then, like, whoever wins EMEA Masters is going to kiss, kiss that where... Yeah, ooh, you can't come close. I lost. Yeah. Story of my life. Anyway, but sorry. Not we we have <laughs> unjustly stolen this trophy and are currently criminals. If you steal something and then return it before anyone notices, is it still a crime? I think so, right? So, like, if they found out later on video footage, you for stole start, a TV from a store. Yeah, but then you put it back. You watched your favorite Netflix series, and you put it back, and then you put it back without anyone noticing. Yeah, is it stealing? Yeah, I no, think it's, it's borrowing. Because uh, you didn't surely keep it. at least a reduced sentence. But you could rent it for well, free. If you steal a used TV, right? So that it's like it's just slightly more used. There's no, you're not affecting the cost of the TV. No one has been hurt. Well, it's secondhand then. And a cap, but it was already secondhand. That's my point. Let's just let's just take a personal scenario. Yeah. If I took your fork and I ate my dinner. Yeah. And then I washed it and put it back, without no. you knowing. You know what? That's is a that perfect stealing? example. Exactly. You're right. So steal whatever you want, audience. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. As long as you put it back and clean it before anyone notices. Who cares? That's <laughs> what stuff, stuff is there it. to be used. So, let's take this trophy, for example. <laughs> this was once a new LCS trophy. Yeah. We've now taken it. It's now the K-Drill We will and put it back, but we've trophy. won a championship. Yeah. Sure. Uh, should we award <laughs> the trophy? Does anyone deserve the trophy this week? You can have it. I, mean, I think I it's think the new Euphoria MVP trophy. <laughs> oh, you're the you're the MVP. Here's a trophy from 20... You know what I did once? <laughs> Have I told you this story? No. You're going to... You're gonna, I don't know if I've told you this story. So when I was like nine, ten years old... Okay. <laughs> Real throwback. No, no, it's, it's related. Mm-hmm. Have you ever... Do you remember the first time you got someone a birthday present? Yeah. The first time? Like you mean when your mom would give you money at like the yeah. store to like 20 bucks exactly. to buy your friend something? So first time I ever got a birthday present ever and it was my big brother. Okay, and I, it was the day before his birthday. I had no idea. I didn't leave the house. I didn't know what to do. And he was out that night. So I went into his room. Mm-hmm. I found a trophy that he won for like running competition. I wrapped it up <laughs> and I gave it to him on his birthday the next day. <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story before, but that's what this makes me think of. Do you think we should? It's like, hey, like, you're the euphoria put a sticker MVP. on this that says like from, I don't know who won. 
when was this around? This was around for the G2 era, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. Next time we see Perks, we should just write 2016 Summer Champion on a like piece of tape, stick it on there, wrap it up for him, and just give it to Perks. 2023 But MVP. I think they'd want it, we'd need to take it back. So it's even worse. We just make a copy of it. 3D printed. 3D printed. How do you know this isn't 3D printed? The I world mean, sometimes, you got to question it. I, I think people have probably 3D printed a number of things in a similar shape to this, if I had to guess. Valid. Yeah. Very valid. Anyway, that's yeah. the brief appearance of That's the conclusion of the, <laughs> of the trophy. We're going to put it down here. Um, so how was your day? It's your been week. good, man. This is going to be a loose podcast episode for those. We're talking about what happened last week and what happened next week. Um, it's been good. You know what I've been thinking about? Mm. Because you you told me you were gonna wear your 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 oh, yeah, weave, we your weave jersey. You're wearing your your Weibo Weibo. It says the shy on the back. I thought I'd bring it to this podcast because Can you if, stand. You can't stand up because your microphone no, my microphone thing will fall off. It says the shy on the back. I promise. So you're a super fan, and I think that's sick. And we talked about it a bit last episode. If the How shy you know? won worlds, <laughs> yeah, would you get a, a tattoo of some kind? No, like, I'd give him the trophy. You <laughs> I think you misinterpret what that meant when you gave him the trophy, brother. Hey, here's a trophy from 2017. Here's a 2017. You give him um, the trophy. Would I get a tattoo? No. How, what would a would are you would you I've ever got a bottle of Moe next to my desk for when he wins reels? It's would, been sitting there. That's cool. It, Collecting as dust. a fan, do you ever think that you could be enough Is of a fan of someone or something to get a tattoo? Um. Because I'm thinking, I was thinking about, this is a hypothetical I thought to myself, is like, it, is there any player in league, because mm. people get like messy tattoos all the time, yeah. and people get like team logo tattoos, and shout out to you if you love League Wasn't of Legends. Wasn't there someone who got T1 2022 World Champions tattooed on their arm? I remember seeing this, Ludwig was talking about it on his YouTube video or something, I don't and remember. they lost three <laughs> Look, not everything ages, I, you shouldn't get predictive tattoos, no. that's what I would, that's Like bold. why, what's the point? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I got this before they won, prove it. Imagine the <laughs> the tatted up Mad Lions fan. You know what I mean? Who's like, oh yeah, spring MSI champions, world's groups attendees. Like but Mad Lions got, believers. If he put seventh place to first or something from yeah. whatever it split it was this year. Respect Mad Lions. But wasn't there a guy with the reckless tattoo? That's true. And then reckless and then reckless blacked out his arms. Yeah. We should follow up with that guy and see if he also blacked out his arms. Yeah. Or if he Just like a black black tattoo everywhere. I think and like the a only problem I have with the Reckless tattoo, I don't mind if you want to replicate that because you're a huge Reckless fan. Is it my thing? No, not my taste. But I'm not here to yuck your yums. My problem <laughs> is, if you write Reckless on one of your arms, the way that he spells it, people just think you are bad at spelling. <laughs> right? Like People just think that you <laughs> got... People don't understand that's a sports fandom tattoo. They're just like... Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Complete don't... normie, not in the loop. It's like caps. <laughs> Rookie. Rookie in what? Yeah, but reckless is specific because it's, it's like, how do, you, how do we spell the word reckless? What's the worst pro player name you can get tattooed for someone that's not in the loop? It, it's, it's anyone who has a name that it's is like a, someone Carsey. Bro, you misspelled it. Yeah, because it's just auto. I don't know. VTO, every time I type in for any prep document, auto corrects the video. Like, people are just going to think you spelt something wrong. Yeah. So if I got the shy. Yeah. Spelt it right. And I, but I think that this is the thing I was thinking about is because like the players that I like the most, I know is people, right? And I think that makes it even weirder. Like right. I know Mickey, right? Imagine Mickey wins Worlds. Long shot. Yeah, you know, long Even shot, if I'm his friend, I'm not going to try to butter him up. Imagine I got a Mickey tattoo without talking to Mickey. But you spelt it M-I-K-Y. <laughs> it's like, bro, you love Disney? Like, 
No, no, not even, not even the weird spelling. Just imagine your friend, right? Imagine you like, let's say you're going to train to be a lawyer. You pass the bar or whatever. So now you can be a lawyer. Your friend gets a tattoo in celebration. Are you still friends with that person? Because that's weird as hell to me. No, <laughs> Okay, now I see where you're coming from. That's really creepy. Someone you're friends with wins, like, we but are you're also not a that fan close. of them. Like you and I have matching tattoos as part of our, part of our bouldering So group. when you but do like, Coachella and do a, a stage set when you become a rap success yeah, and I get yeah, Daniel Coping Draco's tattoos, yeah, 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 you're yeah, just going to yeah. hate me? No, I'm not going to hate you, but I, I hope you talk you're to gonna me. You're going to get a restraining you, order? You, before you talk to me, before you make that decision. So you are going to get a restraining order. Oh, you haven't seen so, my entire back piece. It says, congrats on 40K LCK final viewers, <laughs> Cadrill. <laughs> congrats it's on It's just the awkward because you got above 40K now, and I'm afraid that I'm not going to have to like cross it out and edit <laughs> it. Just keep changing the numbers. <laughs> this motion. It's like, it's like, it's like that the guy. Needle. There's a guy in F1 who on his back put Max Verstappen, yeah. 2021 world champion. Why right? do they keep doing it? But he got it? it in big. And now he won 2022 as well. So that's underneath it. Yeah. He's going to run out of back. Like he's going to get it down to his ass and then that, down his legs. That at least you picked a winner. You know what I mean? At least he won. It's not the T1, blah, 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 time to edit world yeah. champions. I don't know. Predictive ones are just crazy to me. Yeah. This is going to happen. So I'll tattoo it. Oh, it didn't happen. Yeah, like... You know what did happen? <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> okay. Dagda carried me. Yes. So, this is our off-topic rambling section, but this is also a moment to appreciate some of the people in the scene who are doing great work. Yep. And normally you would think behind-the-scenes personnel, like our wonderful producer Phil, or some <laughs> of the incredible people who make the show happen, but today we're producing Dagda, who is on camera, but also does a lot of great things behind the scenes. Yep. Tell your Dagda story, and then I'll tell my Dagda story. So, I stream like... 8 to 10 hours a day on days I'm not in AC. And I thought, wow, I live a very sedid sedentary life. Yep, sedentary. And uh, my legs started getting like a bit, started feeling a bit weird. So I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll order a treadmill. And I'll run for like 10, 20 minutes. Like a walking treadmill? No, like a running treadmill. And I'll I'll do like a 10, 20 minute run every day before I start streaming. So I have like, I've exercised. Nice, yeah. Little did I know that on the arrival day of the treadmill, I go outside, you know, he's ringing my doorbell. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I'm, I'm buzzing the door. He's not opening it. He's just standing there looking at the camera. And I'm like, he's not opening the door. And then I put up the intercom. He's like, yeah, come downstairs. I was like, oh, here we go. So I go downstairs. We're in the middle of a street. Not a busy street, but a lot of people walk past the street. He's got a massive truck. Mm-hmm. And you know how at the end of the trucks, they have like a little lift? Yeah, a little, so they like, can get the box up off the down. top. Yeah. He's driving his forklift in the truck, mini forklift. He's got wooden wooden stool crates, whatever it is, like the underneath pallet. the box. There's a pallet, pallet yeah, underneath, underneath the box. It. Lifts it up, puts it at the end, puts it down the lift, and then carries it on the forklift onto the middle of the street and just puts it there. And I'm like, cool. Damn, I love Germany, bro. Um, so how are we getting this in the apartment? He's like, what do you mean? Like, you're on your we. own, buddy. <laughs> <We>. <laughs> you're on your own. And I'm like, bro, you just carried this with a forklift and it's on the middle of the street and I have to get it up three flights of stairs. And look, is this a one-man dr- Like, are you... Yeah, you're not a power... You don't have that power lifter build, brother. Yeah. and I believe you're, you're, you are got bro, that sleek build. You know what I I'm mean? I'm not that strong. You're wearing light armor. I'm you're weak. not walking around in the, in the scale mail or whatever. I'm in cloth, buddy. Yeah, cloth. I'm not in light armor. Normal I'm in cloth. Clothes. I'm not in chain mail. AC anything. of 10. Strength? Strength is 8. It, <laughs> he's got that, a minus 1. That rock near Baldur's Gate start, I can't move it. Can't do anything. <laughs> I can't even throw the wizards. Yeah, you, you're, your perception high. You know that there's something under it. It's not going yeah. anywhere. So what basically happened was he eventually, going back and forth, said, you need to sign this because he wants to piss off, obviously. He wants me to sign it so he can piss off. But I was like, no, like you need to help you me. You need to help me. But obviously, it. eventually, my anxiety caved in and I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. And then he got in his truck and left. And there I was with a box the size of me 
mm-hmm. that weighed 150 kilos Jesus. in the middle of the road. And I'm awkwardly standing there. With, it's still got the wooden pallet underneath it. And the wooden pallet's attached at the bottom. Oh, God. So I'm like trying to, I'm, I'm like trying to lift it. I'm like, yeah, this is impossible. There's no way. So I shimmied it to the, to the pavement. Like, you know, what is it called? Like the, the pavement so you can get it onto the sidewalk. The curb? The curb. Yeah. Mm, yes. And then I <laughs> managed to like push it over to go onto the curb. So you like, just, like pushed it. So it just topples. topples. Your brand new yeah. treadmill so now just topples it's on the, on onto the side, curb. On the, the curb. Side. Yeah. And then I realized like, yeah, this, I can't move it. Like I am physically incapable of moving this thing. So what do I do <laughs> in a situation like that? I go upstairs to my, my apartment. <laughs> you leave it? I left Wait, are it. you streaming during no, this no, entire No, no, I'm not streaming. I left it. So okay. what I did then was I went into my stream, my offline chat. Some people lurk around there and I'm like, guys, I got a problem. Yeah. There's this package on the, on the pavement and I can't move it. And my chat's just laughing at me. They're all like, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Get you a removal man. We had some good life, ideas. Real world. There were some good ideas. Okay. People were like, get a removal man. Unpack the box and take things out and take it up. That's smart. There That's were some smart. good That's ideas. Classic. But eventually I was like, my solution is Dagda. <laughs> Dagda, for context, lives like a one minute walk away. So I'm yeah. like, I call him. And Dagda is built like a power lifter. Yeah, I, I called him. Strong. He didn't answer. I'm like, I'm screwed. So I sat there for a good hour in my apartment, just like, I know no one's going to steal it. You need, a, you need a truck to steal that thing. No one's going to take it. It's just sitting on the street. But eventually, <laughs> after an hour of me sitting in Twitch chat and my chat actually like doing a gamba as to whether I could get this thing into my apartment or not. Did you, make, you made content out of this? Well, I didn't, I didn't stream it, but I was just <laughs> talking to some people in the offline chat uh-huh. and in the Discord. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, yeah, Dagda woke up. He came over. We got it on its side, on, on, its, on its thing. I didn't realize that the wooden pallet was attached with straps. Ah. I thought it was like stapled on or something. So okay. we cut the straps, wooden pallet came out. And then Dagda said, step aside. I've played rugby for a lot of my life. Just gets behind this thing and just guns it. And I can see his legs just going. And the whole thing just starts moving into the apartment building. And I'm just like, just standing there like dumbfounded and just like shocked as to how much movement is So you, in is the happening. end, you didn't even help him. He just solo did no, this. No, I did. I got on the other side and I was like directing it. You know, <laughs> I was like, I was like the ship steerer. I was, and I he was, was supervising. You have to understand. Yeah, I was supervising. Really making the process more. I efficient. was like, I was like steering the ship. And that morning, the elevator didn't work, but luckily they just fixed it. Oh God! I was and, like, the end um, of the story cannot be. Dagda ruins his back and it, dies for you. It just fit in the elevator, okay. and then we went up the, the lift and boom, done. Bro, so shout out to Dagda. So now it's sitting in my apartment. True homie. Yeah. My story's much simpler. Mm. He. Just was like, I know you like coffee. I asked my mom, because his mom came to visit not too long ago, mm. to bring you some coffee from my favorite coffee place. I was like, that's just really thoughtful. Yeah. He brought me dinner once. Like, I was streaming too long, and he was like, I have some leftovers. You want to bring them over? I said, sure. He brought me some wraps. I ate them. He left. Anyway, uh, we, in this house, we love Dagda. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Um, yeah, he's just a, a good dude, especially good dude. for us, because I think we're both like, if you ask for something, I'll do it for you. But like, I don't. Otherwise, I'm in my little bubble. Yeah. You know, you want me to show up, I'll be there. You want me to be considerate and think of you just for no reason sometimes? Difficult. Like, damn. I forget people exist. My best friends in Portland, we don't talk. I roll up in Portland the day before I text them and let them know I'm in town. <laughs> I am not a great adult. Yeah, and I think or I did friend. the same to you in London where I was <laughs> like, <laughs> You were like, Yo, do you want to hang hey, out tonight? Daniel, I'm, like, I'm in London. I'm two hours away from you. Do you want to hang out for Should I hang hour? out right now? <laughs> we got one session and it was good <laughs> during MSI. It was a good time. Yeah, gang. There. Um, speaking of, well, I think that's probably the longest anything else renting we've ever had. Yeah, we kind of fifteen. I we're fine. We're, it all came together. We talked about the. There's timestamps, right? So you can like they can click ahead if they don't want the. If content. they didn't ask, 
they will complain if they want to complain. Yeah. No matter what we do. They have a complaint. Like, it's like a tribunal in those YouTube comment sections sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, sometimes someone's like, I really like this. And someone's like, I'll fight you to the death on yeah. that. It's wild. Yeah, we need a judge, jury, executioner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means in this context, but no, yeah. me neither. Yeah, just let it sit. Uh, is this weird being the endless disc. I know it's too open. I feel loose. I feel like we're filling for a pause, but we're not. We actually it's have like a lot to normally, talk about. Normally, in the analyst desk, you know, you've got like everyone's in suits or dressed up. Yeah, I feel like there's people all around behind the cameras. I feel like fans who wandered into the LEC. Studio. Yeah, the studio is a ghost town. It's just me and you, an audio guy. Empty. Phil, Phil the producer. Behind the camera. Behind the camera. Great I human. can see the whole set. It is yep. spooky and dark. It's a G2 versus BDS it's like, still up It's there. like we slept here overnight. Yeah. It's like night at the museum. Anyway, we actually League of Legends. So if you missed last week's games, this is a weird time to join the podcast because you should probably go watch those games first. But we can summarize for you. But this is where the spoilers begin. I don't give spoiler warnings ever, so I don't know why I said that. It's a League podcast. We talk about League. Uh, sometimes. Spoiler, spoiler. We sometimes talk about League. Uh, we had two series this week. XL versus Mad. The most surprising result. Mostly because... Now that it's happened, not that surprising because we know what Mad always had a high ceiling, but surprising because, again, putting your faith in Mad, biggest coin flip ever. Uh, this is the series that we all got wrong. Yep. Me, you, and Yamato. I, I hate Mad. I just hate them. You know? Because you can't rely on them to do anything. You cannot anything. rely on them to lose. The you whole cannot year. rely on them to win. You cannot rely on them to be great or mediocre. Sometimes I'll go to Worlds and get out of groups. Sometimes, Sometimes I'll go to Worlds and not even get through planes. And they'll lose to wildcard regions. Sometimes they'll finish 8th or 7th in the regular season, and then they'll win the split. Sometimes they'll lose 9, 8 games in a row, and then they'll 3-0 our second best team on paper. I just hate them. Yeah. (laughs) In a nice way. I mean, I don't... I have got no beef, to be clear. I just wish that they could figure there be more consistent. You could just give me... It's like... Just pick a lane and stick to it. It's just all over the place. It's like the room's messy. Everything's Mm -hmm. screwed Mm -hmm. up, but their life's completely intact. And everything's fine. But there's clothes everywhere and I can't take a single step. It's infested. But their life's great. And they This is so this is such a weird analogy because you are that person. Yeah. You live a very put together life, but you like <laughs> you, Why are you gonna sell me out? You're a sharp you know how they do that circle for stats? You got like four points and everything else is just a void. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> self care and S- cleanliness self, of the self-care, house. Self care uh like house state. Bam, negative, yep. whatever. Depends. It's actually, that's my house state is a Mad Lions house state. Have I been streaming for two weeks straight? It's a mess. Have but I they, had three days off? Pristine. What I'm saying is sometimes their house is clean, sometimes it's a disaster. So when Mad Lions invite you over for a dinner party, you're like, uh, it could be like a five-star five star Michelin meal. Or you I'm eating off the floor. Like, or I'm eating off the floor. Yeah. And it's like been there for a day or two. Or three. Three. <laughs> sometimes. And this week, Mad smashed Excel. This series was not close. Um, Shout out to Karzy, especially. Of all the reasons I thought that this team would do well, um, Karzy Karzy was not first on my list. I thought it was going to be a lot about Elio Hillisang, and it was, but I think Karzy played phenomenally. Now, admittedly, the one game in their series where he played Sibber that went on for like 20 minutes longer than it should have and probably should have been an Excel win is worth mentioning, because Matt did Credit to them, bring it back. But I love it how, like, in the team fight, he, it, of course, he did, like, insane damage numbers and he carried that fight and that one in yeah. the game. But, like, he literally just stood there auto attacking. <laughs> he got into melee range. Got Azir ulted, stood there auto attacking, and then everyone died. 
And it was and, it's and not like a flashy thing because there's games where but he stood his ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just hit. Sometimes, and then they won that game. Sometimes Karzy is like so good. And again, I, in this way, he's a perfect fit for Mad Lions. And sometimes he's eating into other people. And it reminded me this weekend when we were watching the series, like when Karzy, when Mad Lions were first starting to take off and do pretty well, we used to talk about how they just shouldn't give Karzy a champion with a dash because he's just going to leap just into the enemy him. team and die. Yeah, and and I forgot well. about that until the series. He did have a... Uh, a couple oopsie moments, I, but yeah. I remember that uh, there was an Estriel game earlier on in the year where he was playing against Malphite, I think, and he just Estriel eat in and just got Malphite ulted. <laughs> I think it was against BDS in the finals, actually. Was it against BDS in the finals? I think, I think it was. It and, then they, and then they almost lost that game. And I remember Messian being like, that was a close call. And he was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know how he does this thing? <laughs> yeah. I thought I lost the game for the whole team. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. My summary of the Mad Excel series was like, game one, I think Excel's draft was just completely unplayable. They're yeah. playing Kalista Alistar against Poppy Top against Esriel. Like, Alistar into Esriel is sucks. Yeah. Alistar into Poppy Esriel is sucks, sucks even more. They got outranged, outscaled, they got pushed in, and there was, like, no options. And yeah, as much as you can get Rennington ahead, Rennington can't carry versus Poppy Ivern as, well, he, like, he just gets one shot. And just, like, obviously this is the first game that we've seen on 13-15 mm. for our region. And so I, like, wasn't sure where the meta was going to end up, but... Now, from what we've learned this weekend, and also from what we've learned from 1313, when you give away Ivern and Rel, mm. and you don't, I don't even, that, that, there's almost no good trade. If I say I can have Ivern and Rel, is there any champion where you're like, I'll take two champions back and it's a good trade? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of teams really like Ivern. I think the team like BDS realized Ivern plus range support is trash. You need yep. Ivern with melee Ivern support. That's support, like insane. Ivern's number one rule. Yep, yep. Um, but I think the big thing for me was just you're playing Kalista Alistar and then XL never played through bot. Like bot lane, they couldn't find any advantages through bot whatsoever. And then Kalista was just kind of like even and nothing really happened. It just felt and like they were scrambling, man. I, I mean, Peach like on Viego, again, Peach is really good mechanically, but I feel like a lot, they took, it was such a big step away from the yeah. things that made them good in summer. Yeah. Almost a completely different look in that game. I just feel like you have to steamroll through bot, bot really hard this game. Yeah. And you have to steamroll the game. Because if you get the three items on Ezreal Azir, Poppy, they just all stand together clumped up and anyone who comes in in any direction just gets destroyed. And you don't have the engage, like an Ornold or something, to actually disrupt that. Your only real engage was the Alistar. Um, I like the Corky and Twizier. I feel like Faker's been playing that a lot. Uh, it's just like an easy response to just get poke for free. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not, not, not too much that Excel could do in that game one, I feel like. I mean, yeah. Overall, I think it was a bit of a weird one. Kind of a, almost it felt like a false start for Excel. I feel like their game two, I liked a lot more of what they had going on. Mm. And they were doing, you know, pretty well. Oh, their game two was over. They should have won that game. Their game two was over. They should have won that game. Like, yeah, this is, and then in that sense, like super dominant 3-0 from Madden since that it was a 3-0 and two of those games looked very convincing. But game, game two, Excel could not close. I mean, they just dropped the ball. I mean, it's not even a factor of being outscaled. Like, yeah. they're playing like Azir Aphelios. Aphelios for Sivir. We are outranging in the vast majority of circumstances. I think, remembering that game, Niski was doing so much work on side lane that XL like, got disrupted a lot by that. Yeah. Uh, and eventually they went into that mid-fight against the Sivir. And I remember casting that game and just being like, XL, the game is won, but you need to care about Sivir. You need to care about Sivir. Like, Ivern Sivir, if she gets uptime, and then there were so many mid lane fights where there's like diving them on a tier three and mm -hmm. Sivir is just standing there. 
and they lose members, they lose tempo on the map, Niski's pushing side, and they can never like recover a map state where they could just like push it down mid. But I don't know, I mean, that game, Patrick was super fed, Abadagi was so strong, everything felt like it should have come together. I mean, Odoamne was steamrolling through top yeah. after the early dives. And that's what I was ready on that day for that series to be XL3-0. And then after game one, I was like, oh God. And then in the middle of that game too, I was like, this is going five. Like, yeah. And this is going to be so much more about draft than I thought. This is going to be like, clearly these teams are actually fighting on more even footing and they're trading back and forth. Maybe could have been an XL3-1 when I was looking at what, 7K gold lead in that first game? Yeah, or that almost game. 7K, yeah. Yeah. Um, almost 7K. And Excel just could not do it. And the one thing I will say for Mad, I like this from Mad. They got way more creative in their game three draft. Yes, it was still mostly meta champions, but I loved the Camille coming out. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Chasey did super well. Yeah, I think Poppy, Poppy, Camille, and Denar. Like, that Lee Sin pick blew my mind. I remember seeing it, because we didn't do draft. It was the analyst test doing draft, yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. sitting there talking with Dagda. That's uh, like the most unplayable Lee Sin I've ever seen in my entire goddamn life. Bro, uh, Lee Sin against Camille is annoying. Lee Sin against Poppy Alistar is just unplayable. Well, like, and I felt like they figured out how they wanted to use Peach, and then everything this series showed me was like, they don't they've decided that that was wrong and they're trying to reinvent the Yeah, world. I think you kind of have to go something like Trundle there. But even like, if you gave me a 2v2 and you said, the 2v2 is Nar, Lee Sin, counter it as hard as humanly possible in blind pick. <laughs> I say Camille Poppy. Yeah. Any day of the it's week. the literal Nar dream. can't move. You have insanely one-sided 2v2. Lee Sin can't move. You win level one to three, maybe, and then that's it. It just all goes down. They, I then. guess, and, I, and to be fair, it's been a long time since we've seen Camille. Like yeah. we just haven't seen Camille in a while, so they're not anticipating it. But even just on the merit of them having Poppy alone, which yeah. at this point is still a flex, right? Could still technically go top lane at this stage of the draft. It's like, what are you? Yeah, what Camille you used to be like an old school counter than R because like you get Sunder and yeah, he, you can't, he can't kill. lane. I don't even think it was Sunder back when she was an old school. I don't even remember what yeah, she used to build or something. Tri probably. You get um, one item. Yeah, you get and you one just, item. The second he turns mini, yeah, you just dead. kill him and you, you just win anything. on side lane. But it's just. Odo died to like three ganks in the first like 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. And then Camille had Sunderer by like 10, 12 minutes, something like that. Or, or Triforce rather. And uh, yeah, Nar can't play side lane. Lee Sin cannot do anything to Camille once she's that far ahead. Uh, yeah. And as long as Elio covers him, they have like their game two draft on steroids because they have uh, LeBlanc side lane with Camille side lane. They have like this deadly 1 3 1. Yeah. And XL don't have champs to stop it. The only person who can stop it is Patrick. He just has to like Kaisa ult on side and try to salvage the whole map. But when your 1 3 1 comp is ahead and you have both your I mean, also, you're, Once you have a lead like this, you're spending your entire game catching waves. You can't it's be GG. there to collapse uh, and make a 2v1. It's such like the only way to play against 1 3 1 is if you play a five man group comp. And uh, the solo lanes aren't that far ahead. So you can leverage your one lane push versus yeah. their two lane push and get advantages by like forcing objectives, right? Yeah. But how do you force objectives? What are you, uh, you going to turn well, with Lee Sin Rel into Poppy Alistar? Like Alistar destroys Rel. Well, and also and just Poppy like, Alistar destroys Lee Sin. There's no turn. You can't just force an objective. Yeah. You can't straight up walk into a fight. You don't have like Azir is your one luxury of range and you're just like, it's so hard for you to get set up. Yeah. There's, you don't really like your, your strongest frontliner is. This is a game where you're right. Like, Trundle is still rough, but I feel like so you rough. want something to stop them from just one-shotting your Kai'Sa. Yeah, I think they needed, like, some kind of, like... if, if I don't remember the pick order, right? But 
some kind of like trundle orn or something I mean, might they, salvage they, that dress. So Leeson, Nar, were the last, Renekton and Sejuani were banned away. Maokai had already been banned away. So at this point, they let Jungle go down pretty far. That it's, it's Did they 4 5 Nar Leeson? They 4 5 Leeson, Nar after seeing Barnes. Into Poppy? Into Poppy! Into Poppy Alistar, they 4 5 Nar Because I remember they last picked Camille. Yeah, and yeah, then that's, last um, Camille rounded up. Like, the only avenue I can understand Leeson is. Uh, no mobility AD and LeBlanc. Lee Sin is like the best jungler against LeBlanc in yeah. the game because you can actually gap closer and your Q like kind of screws her passive. But you need like Lee Sin, Lissandra, Lee Sin, TF. You need someone with CC when That's you're playing thing, Lee Sin. Yeah, you like, like Lee Sin is here versus LeBlanc. I don't think LeBlanc well, really cares. And like, yeah. In general, I'm down for Lee Sin, but mm. please play it with some, some sort of setup. Your only setup CC for Lee Sin on the entire map is, is Rel. Yeah, falling, uh, and that matchup is already annoying because they have Varus, so they're already going to probably take control of push early, right? Yeah. And it's like may, you can probably get advantage what level two. Oh, Matt's comp is so annoying, isn't it? Poke Varus, LeBlanc with Static Shift Lich Bane for side lane and poke, yeah. and then two champs Poppy Alistar that prevent and any I, engage. I hate Poke That's Varus. So I much prefer on hit as hard as it is to play. Now I've gone on record in the past and said I don't love it in EU because I think teams struggle to play around it. But mm. against a comp where there's no tank. Yeah, it's just it's just free DPM farming. So like, props to Mad for the turnaround. As much as I say game two, they should have lost. Sure. And I also think they just, I think Mac won that series. Yeah. Or I don't know if, I think you just outdraft them. So like, I don't know that game one Excel, draft. Excel felt dizzy. Like bro. I don't know what's better, playing Poppy Alistar against Lee Sinar or playing Poppy versus Callista Alistar. Like you know Callista versus Poppy. Yeah. This is. Unplayable. <laughs> you literally have to stand still in auto attack because if you jump, you just get rooted. Like yeah. Poppy W is on top of you. Kalista, not only are you getting stunned into walls or knocked away, but you also can't move. You just have to stand there. And it's just, you just die. It's like you're stun locked for like three seconds while Poppy W's up. Like no. that matchup is horrible. Poppy's awesome. Poppy, Poppy, Poppy won that so series. Strong, bro. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel like we still, I'm hoping we still have more to see from the meta. Because this series was a bit bland, and while there was more spice in the BDSG2 series, um, it it's not as we were hoping for more AD mids when yeah. we were talking last week on the podcast. There's a lot getting practiced. I mean, the Talia ban I think covered that. Talia, yeah, Talia was. I think she was banned every single game. She's 100 presence. Let me. I got. Uh, right so there here. must be some like Talia jungle that's going on. I mean, I've been. I started playing solo queue again uh, like four days ago. Yeah. I went. I was unranked. Now I'm 300 LP. Bro, climb. I'm on the climb, bro. Uh, but I, I played mostly Lee Sin, yeah. But I played a lot of Talia as well because they basically buffed her damage to to jungle camps. Mm -hmm. And if you buff damage to jungle camps, any any patch note where it says damage to jungle camps increased, yeah. it's very likely that champ's broken, and you need to abuse it quick. <laughs> like when they did that to like Darius jungle, Morgana Maokai. jungle, Maokai jungle, Rel jungle, these champs yep. just became absurd. Brand jungle. No. So free tip for patch Zed. notes. Or jungle, self made yeah. it out there, wherever self made it is right now. Free tip for patch notes. If anyone's jungle damage is buffed, just go try just it straight try away it. because yeah. it's very likely it's OP. Well, okay, so right now the 100% pick ban are Ivern, Rel, Trist, and, and Talia. And we're seeing Ivern and Rel make it through a decent amount. We see a little bit of Trist, but Trist, uh, Talia is essentially permode. Yeah, and, and a quick thing about Talia is like uh, her clear is really good and healthy, but she old Talia jungle before her Q changes, when her mm -hmm. Q was all flat throughout the entire Q, she was actually really strong level level 1 to 3. Yeah. Like, you could get level 3 on Talia and just fight people non-stop. Now, it's been a while. I think it's been like almost a year since the Talia Q changed, but we haven't seen much of her. But she is really strong at level 7 and level 9 when she yeah. gets 4 mm -hmm. points in Q or 5 points because she she's like a scaling champ kind of like now. She's almost like a mini version of Kale. When you get points in Q, it like 
it like exponentially gets so much and we better. Saw that, but early, it's kind of weak. Yeah, for the brief period of time that post rework that she was popular in mid lane or she was getting picked up in mid lane was like, yeah, she's insane. Yeah. Like you get a lot of utility early game just from the unraveled earth, from the ability to stop dashes and you yeah. have decent wave clear, but it's like late game. She. Yeah, late game, it gets really nice. And then on the full late game, she's kind of meh, but it's also very situational because so, Talia E is so strong. Like if you can walk up to an elder fight and put an E down, no one can no dash. One can do anything. It's, yeah, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. I mean, it turns out all these champions, Poppy and Talia, with the ability to stop gap closers, I ruin mean, yeah. half of the playmaking champions in the game. It makes sense. Like, they're they're playing, like, Renekton blind against Poppy or Talia. It's like, pff, I can't move in fights. Kalista. throw the rocks I don't know. Down. All of Excel's champs just have the spike dashes. strip. Maybe this is, like, a results-based end, the analysis, but, like, Renekton, sure. Corky, Kalista, Alistar, like, Lee Sin. Like, oh, my God, it's just heaven. Take us back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Bring back, make brand good again. All these hyper-immobile champions. Make useless. brand. Oh, bro. That's the stuff. That's the good stuff. You know, when you're playing, like, the Poppy, as much as it's nice versus these dashes, mm -hmm. if, you, if you play Poppy versus, like, I don't know, yeah, like a mage like Brand or a Nivea or you don't any, anything. like, like Ezreal Yumi or, or anything like that, or Aphelios or Lulu, you can't do anything. <laughs> You're just getting one Yeah, I feel like half the reason Poppy is so good in pro is just because mobility is always going to be, like, king in pro. Yeah, it's as long as you're big. quick on it, you know, you either stop yeah. their engage or you... You control like, space the, so the, well, but if we're just in, like, front-to-back double control mage... Yeah. You'd rather have Orn over Poppy. Any Not only day can I E you away or into yeah. a wall or W your dash, but I can also blast you halfway across the map when I'm finishing an objective. That all is so good. <laughs> Every time it gets charged up, like it's like 60% likely that it's not going to do anything. So I don't think people get as hype as they should. Yeah. But that all, if it hits two characters, any two and characters. I can spin it and not cast it. And it's, and it's on 10 cool second, 15 second cooldown. Cool yeah. It, instantly game deciding, yeah. objective deciding all. Because as long as you're, anyone on your team can follow up, you can just instantly kill the Tell remaining me, bro, members. It's the year of Poppy. This champ's broken. <laughs> Poppy is nasty. I've also yeah. been playing a lot of Poppy. So I have 22 games leasing. <laughs> you have your own OPG. 22 games leasing, 59% win rate, 11 games Poppy, second yeah. most played, 73%. I don't even pick it into dashes. I just pick Poppy, three camps, dive bot, GG. But this is my, <laughs> I love, I like, I like having Poppy in the meta. I like champions with unique t utility. Uh, and frankly, like, it's cool to have champions that are really strong into other certain champions. I yeah. like that. Dota obviously is that to an extreme. I never want to be Dota level, but I like when champions are really clearly strong into other champions. I also like champs that are simple and like yeah. they're easy to understand, but they can also be very strong and they're easy to understand. Like yep. Nefiri. I don't think that champ is overly complicated and Melio I as think, well. Yeah, yeah. It's not that complicated. Sure. You got a Q knockback, you got extra range and true damage on your W, you got two shields, and you got a cleanse on your ult. Yeah. It's strong. You know, yeah, it's simple and strong. I'm, I'm, especially for me, because I'm a boomer at this point, very clearly. Like, I don't need another Zed. When Zed came out, I spent like a gajillion games trying to get good at Zed. And I was good yeah, at yeah. my trash ELO. But it's nice when a new champion comes out and it's not like reworked Akali level. Like, the f is going on here? Bro, when Akali first got reworked, W under tower. Yeah, yeah. She was broken. Tower so shots, I was like, I oh, was wow, like, I'm good at Akali. Whoa. I wasn't good at Akali. I was, Akali was turbo broken Do you but what, just like the essay that you have to read to understand that champion and the mechanical ability yeah. you need to play that champion at yeah. a high level versus you know nefiri who's much simpler i actually like having a mixed of because it feels like for a couple years there they were exclusively making like 
really high skill cap champions. Yeah, and there's so many small mechanics that they removed if you think about it. For example, Silas yeah. used to be able to EQ at the same time. So you could yeah. root them and queue them at the, the, at the same auto time. The auto-canceling on the, the passive? Because yeah. it used to be you didn't get stacks, you used to just be able to... And on Akali, you could also EQ at the same time. So you could like Q and E at the same time. Yeah. And it was like a, a, a super combo. I don't know. They they have like... They do uh, nerf them in the sense of removing those like really nice animation cancels yeah. that like make your life so much easier. Um, but yeah, those champs, when they, they first got reworked, I was like, what the hell? That's just too much for my Three dashes, brain. invisibility on the tower. I, you have to remember, all the Kali, if you didn't play, you like queued, which was a targeted ability. It put a mark on them, and then if you autoed them, it popped the mark. So similar energy, to yeah. that, yeah. But then your alt was just like three stack dash. So you'd Q, yeah. you'd alt, you'd auto. And your E was just like, you just and did like e, AOE, right? Spun. <laughs> your W was a big, ugly circle that kept you invisible, not... It was not. Bro, an old poppy ult, do you remember that? Yeah, you used to just alt someone and no one else could do damage to you and Apart you would just that do one person. one person and you did increased damage and you did to bonus them. bonus damage to them. So you could like ult someone in your lane and dive them and the yeah. tower doesn't do damage to you and you do bonus damage. And I'm not sure because it wasn't OP. Like not many people played it. because Poppy was useless. Yeah. Poppy Q, old Poppy Q was essentially what current Poppy Q is, but it was an auto attack reset and it was no AOE. Wait, what was her E? Was it a dash? E was a dash. E was a dash was the same. W yeah. was the armor oh, yeah, MR steroid. Oh, yeah, the armor MR steroid. Yeah. Um, and her you could never do more than 10% of her current health with a, that was her passive, with any ability. So when she got low, she was impossible to kill. Bro, can you imagine, like, they make a champion right now, and they give them old Poppy ult. Everyone would be like, what? But if they gave him old, that's the thing. Poppy wasn't, Poppy was strong at some points, not as much in plural play. I think Chachi was, like, the only person playing Poppy. Mm. But she couldn't clear a wave, bro. Oh, she had yeah, no wave clear. Her Q was just an auto. It was like a NASA's Q. You Not know what like I mean? old Scion, baby. Ooh, Ooh that wave just one shot. Up, push <laughs> W. I mean, new Scion. Four Doran's ring, wave's right. dead. We're getting lost in the nostalgia. Which it's is good, great. though. Nostalgia is good. It makes me. I mean, I love. What's your favorite champion of all time in, this, in like the year of state? Like old this, old that, with these items? Like. Uh, Elise, when yeah. she was broken. Yeah. When you used to build the jungle item on her. Like Spirit of the... Uh, the yeah, Spirit of the I played her everywhere. Something. I played her everywhere. Spirit of the Ancient Lizard, I think, was the... Elder Lizard, or Ancient Wraith. Golem. It might have been the Wraith, Wraith one. Yeah. The AP uh, vamp yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Um, I played her in every role. I loved Elise at the time. And mm. then they nerfed her so you had to be good at her because she was too broken. And I get it. I do. But that was like peak. My favorite me. was Ignite Fiora mid with the old ult. You just flash ult them at Ignite and then you just like auto E as you come out and it, dead. You know what? That is like one of the things I do really enjoy, especially about the arena mode, is it's like it, you finally get to play some of the weird stuff yep. that you could just never, ever justify playing as a solo yeah. queue. You're like, incent it's not ARAM where you just get something random. You're like, actually, like, oh, I want to play this. Yeah. That said, people Fiora tried too hard nice. in that game. I like Old Fiora. I miss Old Fiora. That ulti was. Bonkers. I actually don't remember anything about her kit except for uh, yeah, the I don't remember ulti. I don't remember either. Who knows? Um, there was another series that happened this week. Her W was similar, though. Another series happened this week? G2 yeah. versus um, G2 versus BDS. BDS. This one we expected to be clean sweep. G2, our best team, we think by a pretty decent margin. Yep. And while it was proven in this series, BDS managed to take a game, specifically game two. Um, and I got to give some credit to BDS here. They did an incredible job shut, excuse me, shutting down Yikes Evelyn. Now, was I a huge fan of the Evelyn pick? No, but with a single game sample size where it did nothing, of course you're not <laughs> going to be. Um, but they tracked it. 
They killed Yike twice. Adam sacking his lane to go contest Raptors for the second kill. Yeah, Adam always does that, doesn't he? I liked it. I, and I think that was most teams, when they encounter something new, are like so scared. Oh, what's it going to do? Um, and we've obviously, the pro players have been pro players long enough that they're not as phased. But like, if they had just sat back and Eve had gotten six for free, that game would have been hard. Yeah. But shutting Yike down early just made the entire game so free. So free for BDS. They were winning bot lane. They were winning that bot mm. lane 2v2, which should have been hard because Bromzeri, fun fact, not great. Bro, G2's draft that game. Oh, man, they're playing... I feel bad for Mickey, but they're playing Renekton uh, Nautilus into into Braum Ivern. Like, Nautilus, it's really... Nautilus versus Braum is already really hard, but you factor yeah. in, like, Ivern. The problem he has in fights, Mickey, I think, and... Uh, you just kind of die all the time. You hook in, you get hit by brown passive, you get ulted, knocked up, daisy knocked up, you get brown passive stun, like, you just can't move. Well, I mean, the problem is also when your carries are behind, you're going to be dead the entire game. Yeah. You so know what I mean? The way AP jungle Evelyn works, is like, yeah, obviously you just want to full clear. Like, your early ganks are okay. You know, I mean, your charm's fine. If you want to, like, dive someone, you have a really good lane state, but most of the time you're just power farming. Yeah. Um, I think Yago even got, like, a double crab that game or something along those lines, but... Yeah, if your lanes get pushed in and you get invaded as Evelyn, that is the worst nightmare ever. Yeah. Uh, and also, I don't think Yike, as much as they have double AD carry, the Ivern, I don't know this matchup, Evelyn to Ivern, because as much as I have in my head, Ivern can allow you to power farm. It's also, it just makes it hard to assassinate someone, this champ, uh, when you're just fully grouped on a dragon well, fight. I think the thing about Evelyn in my experience, and I'm by no means an Evelyn main, but it's like, if you, if you can power farm freely, and you can find a pick onto Ivern solo or some point, or you can invade mm. the jungle and start to contest Ivern around some of these camps or get any kind of snowball going so that you're not completely reliant on that W to just not one-shot someone, but do a significant amount of damage. The game probably feels fine. But when you're behind against an Ivern, the game is completely unplayable. So yeah. from the moment we left draft, it was very clear that this was going to be a feast or famine kind of game because... Yeah, if you you fall behind against Brom Ivern double eighty carry as Evelyn, like yeah, I mean, Evelyn, and we saw it the entire game. Like Yike is just like I'm in the darkness, and BDS are like, cool. yeah, Evelyn, what, are you, it, what are you doing over there, bud? You're not gonna one shot anybody, so uh, yeah, it's either plan? it's either like a heavy side lane, like heavy team fight flanker, or just side lane only. Yeah, and you don't. And the thing is with Evelyn, like I remember screaming self made like 2019, 2020, nonstop <laughs> playing against this guy's Evelyn. And it was horrific. And eventually I kind of learned how to play against it. There's a couple of rules. Like you don't put normal wards anywhere. You just put them on our camps. On no camps, matter what. Yeah, you just like you can't see it otherwise. Like if yeah. you have if you're in river, just take time, just walk, put a ward on his raptors or his like grump or his crux. Anything is really important. Um the second thing is at first when I played against Zevlin, he would gank side lanes, right? It's obvious. Yeah. His Evelyn would go behind the side laner and they try to dive or they try to make some shenanigans happen on side lane. But then I realized like after games of playing against that, I always imagined that he would play on a side lane, and so I tried to cover side lanes more. But then he would use the fake pressure of me thinking that he's on a side lane yep. with his solo lane pushing and me respecting it, looking at the vault of the scrim and being like, he's not even there. Like he's on his crux, his mid laner's pushing to bot tier two, and because his mid laner's fake pressuring, I get the idea that Evelyn's there, so I don't go on him. So he's actually griefing. But he's making it look like he's not griefing because he has Evelyn on his team. Yeah. And then it became this mind game of like, do I go on their side laner or not? Is Evelyn there or not? And that and paranoia is just really, you have to be, you have to read the game state really well to know whether you can go in or not. And I think I went through the trial by fire of that. Yeah. And eventually, like, you realize like numbers advantages everything, and like, and just sometimes you just have to well, outplay it. 
And that's kind of my point as to why I want to make sure we give credit to BDS here is that oftentimes teams will get paranoid about a pick they haven't seen as much. And I don't know how if they got to scrim against Evelyn a lot. I'm not sure what their experience was with the pick. Um, but if they had not been as aggressive in invading and contesting the Evelyn and she had gotten to level six, they would have spent the entire game dealing with that kind of pressure, this kind of poker yeah. game you're playing in your head of like, yeah. are they gambling? Are they not gambling? Do we know? Do we not know? Um, and they really made it work. I mean, they got pressure bot lane and what I think is a pretty difficult, like Zeri Braum is not an, an ideal combo because it's just Zeri doesn't always get to pick who she autos. So you can't always reliably practice the bomb stacks. But despite that, they were able to get push on that first invade. They played super aggressive to get the kill on a yike. Clearly aware that Evelyn is kind of useless that early in the game when you have main advantage. Like, credit to BDS, man. They made they made this one work. Like, from that moment on, who cares? Mm. Like, Evelyn's behind, so far behind that she's never a threat. So BDS can just play totally just, like, unleashed. Like, yeah. do whatever they want. And I won't say that the Evelyn was... The Evelyn in this game did not do well. Maybe Evelyn's a good pick in Iron. I don't know. I'm not going to judge they it They must have been cooking something size. in scrims. But it's also like, if you fall behind this Evelyn, not only are you behind, but enemy team gets so much bonus gold that they can build defensive items, right? It's yeah. like, they, they're they so accelerated that there's double GAs and stuff like that. And you're just like, well, <laughs> it's definitely unplayable now. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's that's the thing. It's just like, in a, in a, I feel like 90% of the time, and I'm, I'm just going to say 100% of the time, Evelyn is relevant, right? It's in these... These are what the game states look like, mm. right? Is it's 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 all or nothing with any kind of assassin in the jungle, and I think doubly so with with Evelyn. Yeah, Evelyn's a weird one. But BDS got the win. Uh, was pretty clean from there on out. And again, I think G two. Uh, once Evelyn fell behind, it felt like a draft divvy the entire time. My, you could definitely just say it was a draft divvy coming out of the gate because it was definitely high stakes. Um, but nah. G two recovered, and uh, no more Evelyn. Believe it or not. This yeah. point on. I feel like when G2 just play as much as it's the it's the it's the meta, I feel like G2's read on this series and their their answers were so good. Like this cled into Renekton Blind was GG. Yeah, nice. BB played Showed it twice. so well. He yep. played it so and Caps Nico as well. I just feel like they're staples in the game where like Mickey engage support, Yike supportive jungler, Caps gets Nico. BB has a wacky pick like Cled that he can pick into Renekton. Or yeah. he even plays things like Olaf himself. Uh it does BB or he plays Poppy into Jax. Like, if he gets some kind of counter matchup, he looks relatively good. You know, like he he looks like he I don't know why I say relatively. He looks really good. You know, he was getting solo kills. You play topside early, he can carry the game. You know, you, you look at game one and everything's even. One TB bot, but double kill bot, game's Damn. over. Instantly over. Yeah. Uh, Their pace, to BB. G2's pace is crazy. Yeah. Uh, outside of the single game, the Darius game really, uh, and some of the earlier moments in the Jax versus Poppy matchup weren't weren't. Weren't the best, weren't terrible, weren't the best. Um, I think like BB was a powerhouse this series. And game four was the other one where BDS, I thought, you know, probably could have won the game. But this is the moment. And these moments where you see G2 fighting from a deficit or where the enemy team has clearly very strong carries. Nuke was very strong that game, very fed that game. We watched them top side jungle, blue side jungle next to the Baron pit. We watched them just dissect BDS. Pulling one yeah. player this way, BDS try to overcommit onto one player, clearly not on the same page. G2 immediately do the same thing, but do it well, and then win the fight. And this game four to me was the game where I'm like, 
G2 get a lot of praise, and I know people are tired of hearing about how great G2 is, but G2 are very good, and this was a game where I think they got the opportunity to show it because they they literally just ran circles around BDS in some of those fights in Game 4. Yeah, G2 just have, like, the G2 picks now, I, I feel like. You know, they've got their Kogmo Brown tech, which looks really good now. They've got their Kled into Renekton tech. They've got, I don't know, so many, like, the Caps Nico, it just feels like something you always have to cover off. Yep. I think they're just annoying to draft against. But that Game 4, I think G2 should have lost. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. That, that like, game should have been We literally lost. just saw them outfight. Like, we were watching behind yeah. the stage and we are like, G2 should lose. And then it's like, but they're just better. I you don't know, know how mean? they won that game. I feel like BDS blundered around the Drake fight as well. But they, they have double AD carry. Tristan yep. They're both 3-0. They both get the two items so incredibly quickly. Yep. And uh, wait, I'm going to bring up G2's comp. Because I just feel like their, their champs were just so good into G2's that I was just surprised that this game would be... Trundle, even... Poppy. Uh, so sorry, Poppy. For Broken Blade, Trouble yep. for Yike, uh, Nico for Caps. Ah, uh, yeah, Kais it was Peron Adam Jax that was really far behind. Yeah, now I remember. Yep. And it was just double AD carry with Rakan Maokai. I don't know. I mean, G2's compass for like really good disruption. You know, like Rakan can't get in. They have yep. knockups, they have pillars, they have hooks, they have North Assaults. And I mean, BDS don't really have that much. They just have Maokai, Rakan, which is kind of negated. But double AD carry is the strongest and highest DPS you can get in the game on a front to back. Yep. And so I always just kind of sat there like, how are they losing these fights? Like it was, I think there was a mid fight or something where they all each had like three kills, four kills, or a herald fight. But uh, there was one top fight that BB smurfed the whole game, where he like flanked them when they were losing the top fight, came in, ulted away the Tristana, and killed the Zarya yep. and gave a shutdown to Hans. And that right that there shutdown was, was a huge insane. turnaround. Yeah, because they're at the point where, especially AP Kaisa got hit on this patch, and uh, specifically at the evolved Q ratio. Mm. But like at this stage of the game, when he started, to, when he got that shutdown and started to get real meaningful items, he he finally crossed that threshold where he could just alt in on any one of the individual AD carries and one shot them. Yeah, and that's like uh, the dream. Yeah, and Sama's last fight as well was pretty clean. Like yeah. his movement was. Yeah, it was so funny because that game he had he had the fight where he just like walked in and died for no reason and then he also had the fight where he just absolutely just yeah. popped off but i think my mvp for that series was bb i don't know i think bb yeah had such an insane series like adam was basically nullified and adam went back to his uh his style of like roaming around the map trying to salvage things and trying to force things but bb on the cled was perfect i think um his poppy count pick i think won them the game as much as hansama had the damage numbers and the kills no, the, I mean it was it was the work. super aggressive engages. It was the super good calls. I mean that's that's why it felt like um, G two were were dancing around him. Some of it was the difference in tools that they had available. But even with BDS having that significant gold lead, it's like when G two pulled the trigger, people died every time yeah. consistently. And you saw especially some of those last fights again, the one around Baron Pit, uh, Blue Side Jungle near the blue buff, where like Shao's burning. They're burning everything to try and kill Mickey. You know, yeah. and then they realize their backline's exposed and they're trying to recover. Um, Great, honestly, really entertaining game. If you're gonna watch one game from that series, I think Game Four is the game to watch. Unless you're an Evelyn <laughs> jungler, because then you can, and you're into. Uh, Do you know something know, funny? Being depressed, then you can watch Game Two. You know something funny? Sure. So Renekton, yep, as a champ, is picked a lot. Okay. Now I'm gonna give you some numbers here. Okay, in the LPL playoffs, yeah, he was 11 and 9, 55 percent win rate, and so the LPL playoffs were first. Yep. And I think everyone looked at that and was like. Renekton's strong. Okay, John, some follow-up stats. Yeah, sure. All right, let's look at the LPL regional finals. It went one and six. Okay, mm -hmm. that was the, the qualifiers to Worlds. Yep. LCK playoffs, two and nine. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is in the LEC right now? Has it won a game? It's probably won a game, right? Probably like one and something, two in and something. In the LEC finals right now, it's zero five. 
So it's across LCK playoffs, LPL regionals, and LEC, Rennington's win rate is a single digit. It's probably like seven or eight percent of the I, average all of that out. Why is it always over Renekton? the course of like twenty games? How is it always Renekton? Since uh, the days of LS complaining about blind Renekton, how is it? How is it always Renekton? It's I don't just know. Getting... I don't know. It's it's absurdly like low win rate, and I don't want to be a stats guy. The stats like uh, over. Yeah, over put it overvalue over, the stats. Yeah, overvalue yeah, yeah, it, but yeah, yeah, like yeah. my god, that is horrible. Well, it certainly raises. And the when question. I watch the games, like Poppy into it looks easy. Nar just looks like it nullifies it. Like Aatrox looks ten times stronger on the thirteen fourteen patch. Tanks into it look more useful. And the only time I've ever seen Renekton really do work was. Yeah, the LPL playoffs, you know, where he's like single-handedly disrupting their entire backline, healing through their damage and threatening a flash on a carry to, to disengage. Yeah. I, I feel like Renekton is, Renekton is sometimes in that camp of champions that people overvalue, I assume because of scrims. Maybe it's just because of the results that they watch in other leagues like the LPL. But we talk about Nidalee all the time. Clear scrim pick. And I think a lot of the times when people look at Renekton as this safe, reliable, blind pick, whatever... Mm. I think he can fall into that same bucket where it's like clearly you're getting something out of him in scrims that we're not seeing on stage because you can call him safe, sure, but like when the enemy team gets to counter pick and lose lane a little bit and then be way more relevant in team fights, is that really a safe blind pick? Like, is that really safe? I don't know. I just feel like there's it's fine. It survives. Sometimes it does more. Yeah, I just feel like he 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 does fine in lane, gets a small lead, rocks up to team fights, and it's like. The flip of the coin. Does Renekton flash in, get a stun, and one-shot someone, or does he just die? It's and if hard. he just dies, that's it. The Renekton's just... He's just on the back foot the whole There's series. Like, if you look at the other champions that are strong okay. in the meta, they're so good at disrupting what he wants to do. Poppy, Rel, Ivern, Tristana, like all... Talia, all the 100% presence champions, and Poppy, just because she's our favorite or my favorite right now, like, <laughs> make Renekton's life impossible. Yeah. So is it really... A safe blind? Is it really a grid blind? Like maybe it is. I don't play enough top lane to know. Maybe it feels like for laning at least the most reliable blind you can go for. Yeah. But certainly it is not winning games. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Maybe we again. can ask. We have top lane friends. Two, Odo, Phoebe, let us know. So it's three and twenty across LPL, uh, LPL regionals, LCK playoffs, and LEC right now. Three and yeah. twenty. That's like crazy. It. I don't like it. I don't hate Renekton. I'm not a Renekton hater. I just like in this context, I just seems not great. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I used to be a Renekton lover. You know, I was like, Renekton's OP. I knew when I was he, a pro. Like, when I was he's like, good, he's really good. Yeah, he's good. really good. But nowadays, I'm also, nowadays, I'm just like, I, I just feel like it's just such a common occurrence where I just see this champ just go into fights and just die so quickly. And I'm just. Yeah. Sometimes it I like buys it. time, heals a million health, and like yeah. two V1s. And sometimes it does nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, I like the Nars of the world and the Aatroxes and. You know, GP was cropping up and Jax and Poppy Top and stuff like that. I never like thought that. I'd say this, but bring back the GP. I miss the barrel Bro, chains. Barrel chains are As much as it's, cast. it brings back European nightmares, it's also like GP. But before, GP's fun. before we were getting barreled to by Bin to yeah. Oblivion, we enjoyed some barrels domestically. It wasn't always traumatic for us. It's changed a lot over time. Uh, Doran was playing um, GP. Hell yeah, baby. So uh, he's got that up his sleeve. I think he like griefed it early, but then he just got so many kills. Like he ulted. I remember he, I think he died, got solo killed, or like he got died to like two ganks back to back. I can't remember which series it was. I think it was uh, Genji T on the first so, round. And then he pressed ult bot, three assists. <laughs> I just realized in our litany of tangents, we have spent a lot of time talking about these first two series. I think we should look ahead. Because we're in unprecedented territory here, or unpredicted yeah. territory, because we all thought Excel was going to win. 
Oh yeah, there's two more spots for a world's possible there's two qualifier. more spots. So reminder, uh, XL and Mad, or uh, excuse me, Mad and G2 have both qualified not only for Montpellier, they're guaranteed top three, which means also that they cannot play the fourth seed uh, world's qualifying match versus Golden Guardians. Yep. Uh, so they made worlds, they made Montpellier, they've made top three for seeds and top three for the season finals. Same thing. Um, now we're in a position where BDS dropped down, kind of as expected, but Excel also dropped down. And now we're going to watch BDS versus SK is going to be an interesting series. BDS SK winner can go to Worlds. Winner goes to Winner <laughs> can't Winner goes to Worlds. Tell me right? that last That's year. That's top four. That's T insane. Tell me that last year. But also, the series that I find more interesting right now, no offense to BDS and SK, is XL Fanatic, because Fanatic, obviously, a historic organization that is a roster that is filled with people who attended Worlds and who have done things at Worlds-ish. Um, versus XL, who have been surging. Mm. Trimby versus Odo is an interesting story, but I don't think they really have beef or anything, so it's, I'm not going to try to oversell it to you. Um, but these are... I thought Excel well, and Fnatic would go to Worlds, to be honest with you. So yeah. now I'm like, only one may survive. And this is the series that I really have my eye on because Excel looked a little lost, and last time we saw Fnatic, they were getting whooped yep. by Excel. That series was not close. They were losing everything, every early game. Oh my God. Yeah, everything looks really messy, didn't it? And that's like, it's ironic because if you go back and you look at like the game for Excel win, you're like, they were playing a Zero Ivern. Yeah. And now you look at this in the Mad Line series and they're playing a Zero Ivern, <laughs> they're getting wins. I don't know. It's, 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 it's so hard to think because I, I if I was to cr to look at the XL Mad Line series, I would say two of those games were draft, one of them was a throw. Yeah. And if those those two things, I think, are easily fixable, and sure. you have a week to fix it, I feel like the time you have in our summer finals, uh, season finals, sorry, to like turn Adjust. things around, yeah, it's is pretty, pretty good. There's not, it's not like rigorous. It's not like okay, you're playing in two days. Okay, well, we're screwed. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got an entire week to figure it out. So, uh, I think XL should. Come into the series as the favorite still, even though they lost to Mad Lions, in my opinion at least. Uh, I think Mad Lions like did really well. I think they, they definitely shouldn't have won that game too. And I think their drafts were just so heavily favored to win the game. Yeah. Uh, if XL can fix up their drafts. But then again, the, the counter flip uh, side that is Fnatic have now seen three games of XL. Fnatic yeah. haven't played for weeks on end and have everything they want up their sleeve. So XL are kind of going in blind. So Fnatic winning the first or second game wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but I mean, it's just. It's always stakes, 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 you know. If XL would beating, I think XL beating Fnatic last time locked them season finals, didn't it? Yeah. Now, winner XL Fnatic locks them. Why does it always cost so many stakes? Locks them to Worlds, you know? Even yeah. that series, if, if Fnatic beat XL, didn't Koi lock as well? Couldn't Sorry, locks them for World. I should, we should say, I keep looking at World qualifying series as Worlds. Yeah, me technically too. Technically, it's not. But yeah, me too. regardless, it gets them fourth. But it G locks them a Worlds seed. G2 and Mad are locked, locked. Yeah, they're locked, yeah. locked. They're going to Worlds. It's just... The See winner it. of these two next series this weekend, so one of minimum them will be we'll our fourth place team against Golden Guardians, which will be interesting. That'll be really interesting. <laughs> I'm, I, as much as people get excited for like some of the hypest best of fives ever, you know, the T1 JDGs, I think fourth place EUNA sounds... That sounds hella good. Bro, I'm just... You can, you can go and you can watch the highest level of boxing or you can go to r slash like street. I don't know if the subreddit exists and if it's problematic, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can go to wherever you watch street just fights see, online. Yeah, just see You some... go to World Star. You know what I mean? And sometimes, some, I've seen a lot of MMA. Yeah. And some of those fights suck. Yeah. Some of those fights are super one-sided. So sometimes, 
You just gotta get a pub brawl. Yeah, the pub brawl. The pub brawl. Everyone's throwing glasses. You know, okay. sometimes the pub brawl is better. That's the fourth place pub brawl right there. So I mean, SKBDS Fnatic XL. One of those teams will face face against Golden Guardians. I did say last week that I I think I ha I had like this random feeling that SK is going to Worlds, and I still have it. I you, think, you think they're gonna beat BDS? I still have this feeling that SK is going to Worlds. I don't, I don't know why. It came to me. I, I just. You're holding on to that. I'm holding on to it. I'll I'll ride the ship to the ground. You know, yeah. I feel like a lot of my predictions this year. The opposites happened, and yep. that's actually quite funny. I enjoy that a lot. Uh, I'll never forget the Damon EG World Finals, and I'm on desk, and I'm like, Damon 3-0, and then EG 1-3-2, and I was just like, ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I still have this thing, suspicion of SK going to Worlds, but the XL Fnatic one is definitely, as much as I have my, my SK bias right now in my blood, the XL Fnatic one definitely feels like the higher level higher stakes games based on expectations, well, right? And Fnatic certainly every based year. On, I mean, if you look at Summer, yeah, that's their second and third best team. Whereas if you look at Summer for BDS and SK, they were. But also like Fnatic, rough. when was the last time Fnatic missed Worlds? I know, right? That's what makes that series so and crazy And if they lose the series, they're out. And then XL just finished second and almost beat G2. So surely they'll go to Worlds as well, right? But now only one of them goes to Worlds, which is, I think a lot of, it's, it's, it's a lot of, I don't know, there can be a lot of debate around that where it's like, Will EU succeed without Fnatic at Worlds? Because, you know, this roster looks good and they've had high highs. And then, well, without XL, which is our second place team from summer, in terms of recency skill level, that just means that it's Mad Lions. How good are Mad Lions? You know, they just 3-0'd yeah. them. Is Mad Lions against G2 in the week after going to be competitive? If that isn't, then... Yeah, for the season finals, I know. I'm, I'm really hoping we get, like, a banger between Mad Lions and G2. That's not happening this week, by the way. The that LCS is the finals after. was hype. The LCS finals slapped. Shout out to the fine. Yeah. Shout out to the broadcast team. Shout out to the casters. Cat and Flowers is always killing it, but everybody did great. Um, Rafa played Silver Scrapes. It was cool. Like if you if you missed that series, crazy. That was a cool series. Good storylines. Great storylines. Yeah. Did you see the Travis Gafford bit where he was taking Palafox around and no one knew who he was? Oh, I saw that was that, that was, was a year ago or something, wasn't it? Simultaneously sad and funny. I think it's just not to go too off topic, but it's just funny. I've seen so many tweets from like people saying like Palafox tweeted recently that he was in a scrim. Uh, not Palafox, I think it was Bob Quinn, some mid laner in an A yeah. said that he was scrimming against Palafox and one of the coaches said, uh, yeah, sorry, buddy, we're not going to take you in these trials. The fact that you're losing to Palafox <laughs> is pathetic. Like, how dare you even, like, go even slash behind against such a bad player? Damn. And, like, the amount of flack that these players got to then win a title, you know, the, it's just the biggest, like, middle yeah. finger to everyone. Bit of a side, but, like, you know, I liked the, I thought their opening ceremony was cool. Yeah. I thought that the, the show was great. And uh, ultimately, I loved the storyline of their finals. Like, it was really, their last weekend was dope. Especially because normally... Wait, that means, is NRG the first seed? Yeah. That's cool. That's crazy, That's right? crazy cool. That could Imagine being a us. first seed going into Bro, Worlds. So You're cool just like... And also, I just like, I don't know, maybe the, the best of five, the once we play the qualificate, the world qualifying series, the G, GG versus whoever yeah, we yeah. send, all my EU NA rivalry will feel reignited. Bro, but right I'm, now, I'm just kind of happy for the players. It's just sick for them. Yeah, I'll be pumped for that. Um, but anyway, back to the, the whole LEC thing. The, I think my main point of like, I feel like every week I say, if this team wins this, then we'll know more. But the thing is, everyone in the LEC has been beating everyone for the last well, eight months in a row. And it's just so yeah. hard to gauge who's going to win a series at this point. We still have not seen Fnatic and SK play in a very long time. Yeah, We've not seen SK play in forever. Even in the last few weeks. G2, XL, five games. Let's go to the finals. Destroyed. Mad Lions, look trash. XL, destroyed. You know, G2, BDS, probably one-sided. BDS looked like they should have won the fourth game and they did take a game. XL, Fnatic, last time they faced. XL won quite handily. You know, it was a 3-1. 
and they show differences to what they're showing now. And, and now I, you're, I tell you, like, ex-Alphanetic this time around, you know, you're like, oh, it's so hard to call every series, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, so much depends on draft, as we've seen in the previous series, like yeah, how, how ready they are, how much the read is on the meta. I'm excited because, uh, you know, I think when Fnatic were doing well against Excel, it was it was the Razork Poppy game, and I hope we see more Razork on these really proactive champions. I think that and that, Yamato talked about it last week as well, like Fnatic getting a winning bot lane is so key for them, but it has not been simple for teams in the in the pick band thus yeah. far to get everything that they want. Really, that series I'm curious about. I think BDS-SK is, is a, actually a pretty comparable matchup. The thing I will say is that I think like I have a lot more faith in LeBrov Crowny right now than I do in Exodos. Like I think that's going to be the biggest yeah, difference. Yeah, I think Exodos, well, mostly Dos really struggled uh in that final game. I remember the Rakan uh where like I think the game was in SK's hands and then everything just kind of like fell apart and then like Irrelevant was playing Sion and he died like six times in a row or something to just yeah. straight up ganks and I don't know, I think uh, SK is just the the Marcoon show sometimes. Yeah. Um and it, it, the meta is kind of Okay for that Marcoon show if it wants to happen. But I agree that it's only okay. Yeah. Ivern is much more of like an enabler. And obviously as a champion, you can take over a game, but it's through your teammates that it usually does so, especially yeah. after the changes. I feel like Irrelevant came in as this top laner where everyone was saying that this guy is just really, really good at going even in bad matchups. Like yeah. he was so good at playing weak side and like so good at making sure that if enemy gets counterpicked top, that he doesn't fall behind and very conscious of when the teams can make a play on him, which I think is very beneficial against BDS because either two things will happen with BDS. One, he's playing Darius or Olaf and he's going to run at you nonstop yep. and you need to make sure you don't give top deficit. Or two, he's just going to go missing and run mid or bot and you need to make sure you can punish that. And I feel like playing champions like Nar is, is really good into that because, you know, it's just such a, a safe champion to do it. Or, you know, if he wants to play Orin and match those rooms, that also makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, my eyes on, on top always, I feel like, when it comes to BDS. Um, I feel like BDS showed a lot in their series. Double AD carry, they yep. really liked double AD oh, carry. Oh, yeah, and I think that's the thing that, like, that's one of the reasons that I actually feel good about BDS is it feels, like, similar to Spring. Again, they found a winning formula. Unsurprisingly, that formula does yep. involve scaling yep. as it did um, in Spring. But the fact that they can play that and it's good in the meta right now, I think is a huge boon for them. Yeah, I think Zeri will be super high prio. And I also wonder if I'm SK, actually, and I'm coming into this game one, prepared, I would actually take a page out of G2XL book and play a Kalista game. As much as, uh, you know, we saw Kalista struggle against Poppy, if I'm Exekick Dos and I'm playing Kalista Alistar against BDS bot lane, and you know, it's a last pick Alistar or something, or Brahms band away and you actually have yeah. a good matchup and you're giving them Rakan or something, and Markun can play bot side, I think you're brute forcing your way to like a, a, a game one win. So I'm, I'm curious to see if, if uh, SK want to pull out the Kalista card. I, I do feel like it's on SK to open up the game and play something more aggressive. Because I, I think when it comes down to scaling, if it comes down to scaling, and it's a lot more about matching. I think BDS wins. I think BDS wins every time. Yeah, I think scaling BDS just straight up wins. They're, that's clearly their comfort zone. I think they're good at it. I think Adam can make really good plays in the, in the late game. I think Nuke is, at, is, is most reliable on a late game champion, mm. I think. And it's just like... Sirtis does like assassins. Maybe he can disrupt it, but like, I yeah, I just I I agree. I think bot lane is is big, and if they can use bot lane to make Marcoon an even bigger threat, that feels like the best avenue of attack. Yeah, agreed. And then for the XL Fnatic series, I don't even know where to begin because Bro. I feel like every lane is so important. But if I'm Fnatic, it's just Razork. You know, I feel like Razork's done so much this year or since the changes to Fnatic yeah. to like if you look at old Fnatic their early games used to be 
Razork doing nothing or them just losing lanes and him having no options, you know, the the Wunder Reckless area of just being like, which lane do I play for? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. don't have anything to play Everyone's for. Everyone's trying to lose gracefully and so it's like, yeah, I need yeah. one of you guys to, to win. Yeah, and you're just running around putting out fires. But now he actually has lanes to play through and I feel like his side lanes are options. Oscar's shown a lot of flexibility. You know, we've seen like Jack's Rumble. We've, yeah. also seen, we've also seen like Orn. So the flexibility in top's really important and then it's just a case of like, Ever since the, the 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 loss of Aphelios, I feel like Noah has been struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think the Zeri was also good for him, and it's Zeri obviously like their priority pick once the the bigger meta picks get taken away, as yeah. we expect them to. The the Zaya, especially the Kaisa, less consistently banned, but not as not as high priority as it used to be, maybe. Yeah. Um, just like the Varuses and the Esriels, I'm just like mm, I really like Scout on a hyper carry, like yeah. on hit hyper carry. Well, it's show tricky because mechanics. it feels like both halves of their bot lane got hit pretty hard over the last few patches. Trimby back on engaged champions, which yeah. again, like he's not. He's just better at ranged champions. He's clearly just better for the team when that's the kind of setup and Razor can be the one kind of calling for engages. I think he's still solid, but when it comes to like really big late game fights, yeah. like, limit good. Limit very good. At melee champs. Limit, limit very good. good. They're melee almost champs. inverse in that way where it's like, yeah, limit can play ranged champs, but like... Although I do think in that XL Mad series, Limit's lane face was abysmal. Like he was going in at terrible times. He was losing his flash for no yeah, reason. Like. That Limit team fights good. Limit versus Mad Lions lane phase bad. Yeah, credit Most to, to Carzi Hill saying there. I, you know, without actually having pro view of the entire lane phase, I, it does just it looked a lot like Limit making a lot yeah. of mistakes. But I, I didn't see all the context leading up. But and so then you like contrast that to Fnatic where Trimby's all. Uh, like two things for meta are I think important for Fnatic. One, their meta read against XL the first time yep. wasn't a fan. They were still playing things like they were still leaning into Annie and they were still playing things like Kindred and. They were they, trying to pull like off the, these rumble yeah, comps. It, and it feels like they're reticent to let go of old picks. Like they don't want to just let go of old picks and move on to something new sometimes. And I just don't think you can afford that at this stage. Yeah. And like Rumble Trundle, for example, like what, Rumble Trundle Brown. I'm sitting there like, okay, I have Rumble Top and I'm playing with Trundle Brown. And as much as I'm against like Nautilus Sejuani, so I get the support, support jungle in isolation. Like we can super hard win through bot. We didn't. And now, what does my Rumble do? I have no setup for Rumble. Yeah. Nothing for team fights. They have Gwen, Esriel, LeBlanc. My Rumble is not hitting anyone. Uh, so I feel like meta read will be important. Fnatic have had a lot of time to figure out their meta read. And the second thing in terms of meta, I think they might struggle with because that's a plus side. You know, they've got yeah. a lot of information now. Bad side is the Trimby engaged support situation. Like the Rakan, mm -hmm. big fan. Yeah, you know? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His Rakan is always. But been right good. now, Alistar, Rel are first rotation champs. And also, you need again, to flex Poppy Rel. in the meta. Again, I think Poppy is so good. Um, yeah, so I think his Rel will be will be decent. His Alistar, haven't been a fan yet, so I think Rel will be like his flavor. People, a lot of people grief on Alistar. I feel like Alistar is one of those picks where like, yeah, I don't expect it to be a pick where you get to see skill expression a lot, but like, there's a big difference in the amount of unnecessary deaths between a good and a bad Alistar. Yeah, yeah, you can see it in fights. I know Alistar can be played in so many ways, can't it? So yeah, I don't know. It's crazy to me still that you can sit here and say, hey. BDS SK winner has a chance to go to Worlds. Like they'll be in a Worlds qualifying match, which Not is even, you, they'll be in an international event. Yeah, right. You, but it's you say and it like you go to the start of the year and you tell me, oh yeah, Heretics has like Yankos and 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 they're bringing over Ebby and now and and Vitality, they're a super team. You know, they're Bro. they're a super team. Uh, and I'm just saying they're like cool, cool. So it's it's BDS SK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Props to them. Yeah. Super props. What's to them. even crazier is that like when we were coming out of the split, I was like sad that Astralis weren't going to be here. Yeah, Astralis was fun to I was watch. Like, Damn, Astralis is sick. Since, I mean, sucks for Astralis. I just feel like here. every team that brings in leader, you're just like, <laughs> it's gonna be a shit fest. <laughs> 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 
bro. Why you gotta do leader like that? No, no, leader's my homie. It's not yeah. a, in a bad way, but like mid lane is like a magnet to everyone else. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Because yeah. I've played with leader, and I can tell you, leader's comms is like I can all in here, I can all in here. I like this wave, I can all in this wave, I can all in, and I'm just like, <laughs> Ooh, it's stressful. I'm like, okay, I'm coming. But you, you just fell into the trap. So I can. You couldn't help it. You just started talking about leader. Same way that you think teams are gonna start going. It's just, it's it's they just stay hand in hand. Everyone, yeah, yeah. Anyway, here's my uh, trophy yeah, 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 after yeah, yeah, winning yeah. with leader. This is uh, for all of you who have stayed for seventy minutes or so of us rambling about nonsense. Here's your reward. Yeah, there's, this, it was for you all along. Take we weren't going to give it to anyone. Of this moment in the podcast, if you're in YouTube, and crop this out and crop print this it out trophy 3D. out. Add it to your X banner because I don't think we're allowed. Because today's Twitter podcast, anymore. we've got no guests. The trophy was our guest. The trophy was Nostalgia our guest. Nostalgia was our guest. Uh, yeah. And a lack of being able to stay on topic for more than 10 minutes. Those yeah. were our guests. And the shy jersey, which is a very special guest. Um, very special guest. Is final, he in the room final, with us right now? <laughs> it's, he's like the Holy Spirit. He's always here. You know what where I mean? Where is he? Where, where isn't he? The shy is everywhere at all the time. That's why he just sometimes ints in games. Is his consciousness is just somewhere else. Yeah. You know? Basically, he, he exists. Grieving. It's like everything, everywhere, all at once. He exists in all of the timelines simultaneously. Can we get the 2018 Aatrox to shy? Yes, win game one. Can we get the, the 2022 to shy? Yeah. Uh, yes, he's griefing. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's tough. He's you know? in everywhere. He's an world. omnipotent being, yeah. almost, except that he can only be in one realm at a time. It's yeah. actually a very compelling hero story. You're mm-hmm. going to hear about it in the future. The future team's <laughs> going to do a bit on it. I can't he's wait. breaking the rules of time and space. I can't wait. At all times. Uh, last thing, predictions. Marky Mark. So, reminder, uh, G2 and Mad, we are not going to see that until the following week. This weekend will be BDS versus SK on Saturday, XL versus Fnatic uh, on Sunday. Normal starting times. We started earlier, make sure that no one was going to be missing out on any LCS finals. Now we are starting normal time. That is 6 p.m. Berlin time. I don't know if it's CET or CEST. Hmm. Feels like summer, so I'm going to say CEST, but... When does summer end? 21st September, I think. I don't know, bro. 21st August? The sun could go away, though. That would be great. Or just back it up, like, whatever the amount of... Back it up, tear it. (laughs) Back it up, tear. (laughs) Someone will get that reference. Someone will. Someone out there. Um, Yeah. Uh, Predictions. Uh, I think the opposite's going to happen, but I'm going to say SKXL. SKXL. Yeah. Yeah. That feels wrong. (laughs) I, I, I respect that you're going with your gut. BDS definitely feels like the safe bet for me. XL Fnatic, I actually think, is very hard. Yep. I'm going to give it to Fnatic because of plot armor. So one of us is right. And so one of us is right. Hell yeah. That's how we cover this in Euphoria podcast. That's right. We make sure we got each other's Someone's always correct. That's why we both put BDS and S tier. So when you guys go to the comments (laughs) and you say, you always get it wrong, who? Because one of us is always right. One of us is always correct. So it's a 50-50. Yeah. Putting 50 on black and 50 on red. Yeah. So we want nothing. Vegas. Yeah. (laughs) Five head. Oh, crap. It's zero. We just lost both. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, we're stupid. Anyway, yeah, we're pretty stupid. This has been Euphoria, episode twenty-one, season eleven. Yeah. Shout out to the trophy. Shout out to the shy. Shout out to all of you who stuck around for this crazy zany episode. Um, let us know if you want us to talk about any other subjects. We'll have a guest for next week, I'm sure. We yeah. Talk to them. Surely. But if there's any subjects you feel like we're not hitting, or anyone you think we're not giving recognition to, let us know in the YouTube comments. See if we can just get you guys to fight each other. Yeah, down there. The tribunal begins. Yeah. Um, also, still playing Baldur's Gate. Still great. Armored Core out in two days. Shout yep. out to FromSoft. Shout out to Childhood Nostalgia. There's a lot of great games to play right now between League of Legends and all I'm the other I'm just grinding ones. solo key, bro. <sighs> Gotta get Challenger by yep. Worlds. I mean, I'll, I'll have it next week. 
yeah, by, no by, by not no next problem. week's episode before or the week after, I'll be challenger. You'll be a challenger? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, what are we betting? We're already betting. This is such a great bet. No, we <laughs> no. can't bet the trophy. Neither of us actually own this trophy. Oh, God. What are we betting? I don't know. It's I will be... bet against you gladly. That's... Whoa! <laughs> You're playing on stream. You are so much better I'm when you play off. I'm playing off stream sometimes, too. Okay, it's still not, it's not as good of a deal. I don't know what to bet. Um, I'm not a good uh, results better guy. You have to do... An entire ready check. No, I don't know if I'm on analyst desk. I don't know where you're at. I, think I'm I don't know what we're doing in Montpellier. Um, you have to do an entire game in Montpellier in three-inch heels. <laughs> Wait, what do you have to do? The same thing. Three-inch heels? Yeah. Well, no one's really going to see that. Or do I have to walk around the whole... I mean, because to... For to me, it's it's. I have no problem if you want to wear heels. I, it's not that I think that heels I feel like are the walking funny. part. I'll probably it's injure myself. It's the misery that it comes with walking around in heels. Yeah, walking around that would injure myself. One hundred. I've never walked in heels before. I feel like I'll just fall over and. The real break challenge my would be what if you did one of those obstacle courses in three-inch heels? Why don't we come to an agreement? There next? are people in the world who can do it. What obstacle course in, in three-inch three heels? heels? Yeah. What about what if it's there's grass? Don't don't the heels like sink into the grass? Probably. And then you're like stuck. Listen, all I know. Is that like the lightsaber that never women who wear falling. heels all the time and drag queens who wear heels all the time? Very good at walking in heels. It's like superpower. It's crazy to me. I can barely walk, let alone in heels. We're I'm gonna start running bet. on heels on my treadmill what, to we'll practice. Decide, we'll think of the bet punishment because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we have two weeks. Yeah. Next week, okay. we'll do an Elo check-in. Elo check-in. Let us know what you think the bet should be. Yeah, what what the loser should do. What the loser should do. I'm betting against Cadrel making it to Challenger. If you want to watch that adventure, twitch.tv. And if you want to join in and be a doubter, feel free. If you want to be a believer, join in. Let's Follow make this a, let's make this a worldwide yep. bet. And in classic Euphoria fashion, this has been our rambling outro. Rambling outro over. It's See you fault. guys next week. No, it's my fault. <laughs> it is your fault. It's our fault. We're a team. It's your We're fault, team. audience. Fair, we love you anyway. Yeah, we Goodbye. Bye-bye.